Hi, I'm Michelle Gelati Mandel. And I'm Josh Mandel. And this is the How Goods This podcast, where we share with you our creative hacks learned from coupledom. These thoughts and ideas have been inspired by our two decades together, which includes living and working in three different countries, one child, one dog, and lots and lots of love notes. And let's face it, we've also been inspired and have learned from the challenges we all face in our lives as couples. Tough times, family loss, we've learned from all of it. So we hope you enjoy How Good's This, a podcast that encourages you to ask this simple question every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our very first episode of the How Good's This podcast. Uh, We call it Creative Hacks on Coupledom because what we're going to do through the life of this podcast is give you interesting thoughts that we've learned through our unique creative businesses, our lives, and our love together. That's right. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here with you. We can't wait to jump into sharing the who, what, when, where, and how of How Good's This. And I'll give you a little sneak peek. It's really about newness. It's about infusing newness. It's about infusing an aliveness into our lives, into our everyday lives. There is so much that you can do. There is so much that we can do as you know, humans, as those in relationship, uh, as those growing businesses and children and consciousness in the world to really feel alive. And when we say alive, we mean you know, feeling on purpose, feeling like we have a passion, feeling like there is something that we get to, underline the words get to, that we get to contribute to this world. Yeah, one of the benefits of working in creative industries like we have for the past uh, 15, 20 years is that you you learn pretty quickly that a sense of newness, a, set, a sense of optimism, a sense that things can always change for the better, a sense that there's always something new to be learned is what's really at the heart of performing well in a creative business. And we also think that that's a big part of a successful relationship is recognizing that relationship doesn't stay the same. And that's the beauty of it, both from a positive growth standpoint, also from the challenges that any people, couples will face during the life of their relationship, personal loss, personal growth. Uh, and that a big part of success in both your professional life and your personal life is embracing and, and taking that change on uh, full force. Absolutely. And something that you just shared is so important and that I know we're going to continue to, to feed or that's going to continue to feed this podcast and feed us and really you know, inspire us each and every podcast is this idea that as in business, as in life, or in other words, as in life, as in business, everything that you get to do in your life, everything that you are passionate about, everything that you maybe save as inspiration for nights and weekends will absolutely be and gets to be something that inspires you professionally. Everything that you get to do professionally uh, hopefully gets to inspire you you know, in your daily life. And so the more that we can start to see, not just through this podcast, but through anything that we are a part of, again, any relationship we're a part of, any creative project you're a part of, anything that you're a part of, that that everything is connected. Not only are each and every one of us connected, and that will definitely come out throughout this podcast, uh, but that everything that you are doing, whether it's in your life 
or your business is going to feed and gets to feed that other part. So why don't we talk a little bit about what's in a name? What is well, how this is about? Yeah, there's a couple things that we need to unpack. I think one is our creative background. Mm-hmm. So when we talk talk about coming from creative backgrounds and creative professions, what do we mean by that? And then the name of the podcast itself, because that's really the red thread, the theme that's going to run through this podcast in particular, and then all of our succeeding ideas, which we'll share share with you towards the end of this podcast. But for instance, Hun, for you, your creative background, why don't yeah. you go a little bit into that? Love it. Well, I think as with all of us, you know, we, we started our cre- quote unquote creative background. We started our creative life the second that we took our first breath. I remember, you know, a long, long time ago, I would say probably at the age of seven or eight, feeling that sort of life force, that zest, that creativity, whatever you want to call it inside when I started playing uh, cashier you know, with my little brother and, um, you know, creating sort of fake products and writing fake checks and, and making my, my then, what was he, seven, eight years old, not even, maybe six, seven years old, uh, year old brother, um, sort of making him uh, do these different things for me because I was handing him checks that, you know, anywhere between a thousand to a million dollars. And he kept doing it until about nine years old when I asked him or when I created some sort of product or some sort of thing that he got to do. Um, in exchange for this this money, this faux money, and he said, "I'm not doing this for you anymore. You know, this is so not real." I love that story. <laughs> we had a really great great laugh about that uh, not so long ago. So that's honestly where my creative background began is is in play, and I truly believe now that I'm in my mid forties that I continue to bring that energy to my life, to my business, to my clients, to my son, to my husband. And that, that energy, that, again, zest for life, that will to create something from nothing and to have a really good time doing it, to infuse humor, to bring people into that fun with me, to you know, create really meaningful and beautiful relationships along the way, uh, or as I was creating, led me to, uh, you know, in college, I was a broadcast journalism major, and that to me was, that's a huge part of my creative background. I start to think of, wow, where did I get this this joy of storytelling? And I wouldn't say that it started there. I think it started back when I was writing poetry in my teens. But broadcast journalism definitely brought it out in me as a, oh, this is a thing. This is a thing for me. Storytelling, writing, being in front of a camera, you know, being able to, um, or getting energy, you know, from from sharing with people. And from there, I started in San Francisco out of college at Sports Illustrated, did some sort of, you know, you could call it, I guess, sales training and sort of started my professional career there, went into advertising and media, and then sort of created a a unique position for myself, sort of straddling um, planning and uh, media buying and, and planning, which was really cool. And I ended up working for about three different ad agencies. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with, uh, with the ad agency world, could be Silverstein and Partners, Liga Stellani. And then uh, when we moved to Los Angeles, it was TBWA, Shiat Day. And I loved my work there. You know, definitely felt uh, very creative. It was, you know, when I think of the industry and the, 
you know, the young sort of that, that fresh energy that, that is there and the excitement, um, that is there to very similarly to, you know, sort of the entrepreneurial path, you know, creating something from nothing, thinking of an, of an idea, taking it from A to Z and blowing it, you know, out of the water. Like that was, if, if I had to say, you know, where, um, a lot of the, maybe the structure or the, the, um, I guess, extended joy of like being a creative person and putting something out into the world and and creating a business. Really, my my idea for my own business began there. I have a lot of gratitude for those years in the ad agency world where I worked on brands such as the Got Milk campaign and Starbucks, some Nike work, uh, Crystal Cruises, which Josh and I worked on together, Um, Hewlett Packard. I mean, I could go on and on. Foster Farms Chickens uh, campaign. And from there, I remember about eight or nine years in, uh, very clearly, you know, when I was saving my inspiration for nights and weekends, again, I was loving the creative industry and I knew there was something more for me. And I realized, and it was, again, it was a very conscious and deliberate thought where I thought, I can do this, meaning I can do this on my own. Now, I didn't know the how, but I knew that I had something inside to share with the world on my own. And so Josh and I ended up moving to Los Angeles from San Francisco. And in that moment, I, you know, again, also very clearly, I thought, wow, we're moving. I could go back to advertising or this is a pretty clean break where I could go, I could launch myself into the how. I can figure out how to begin this business. Now, when I say this business, I didn't know exactly then what it was going to be. I just knew that I could do something creative and that I had enough structure and that I had enough um, knowledge, both strategically and creatively, and as, as far as ideas go, to do something pretty cool. And so I basically, as, as most professional people, you know, have in their, uh, experience, it's been about three, about three evolutions of this business. I started as an event designer. I had one client, uh, my, or I should say my first client in event design. Uh, I did, I created a beautiful event. Um, I, I planned it. It was a wedding. Yeah. A wedding in, in San Francisco and I loved it. I had some great creative ideas. I also followed through as far as, you know, being there on the day and was, you know, loved being in the sort of people part of it. And then realized as Josh knows, uh, pretty soon after I thought, okay, that's not it. And so I went from that to, hey, I actually want to bring in my advertising background and let me, you know, let me sort of test this space out. How do I bring in what I know from advertising and the joy that I have in creating ideas, um, but then also the joy that I have or the desire that I have to be, you know, that I had back then to be an entrepreneur. So back then I started what you could say is really sort of the birth or was the birth of the current business I have today. And that is, you know, I started doing branding work. I started helping business owners, both men and women. I ended up, you know, choosing to only focus on women after a few years, but essentially I started helping 
business owners and entrepreneurs with taglines, you know, and basically their, their messaging. How do I express myself? Uh, what are, you know, what does my visual branding look like? So we, you know, within my, my company and my business, we helped business owners with website creation, logo work, tagline work, pretty much any creative idea that fell under the, the umbrella of expression, we were there. And then in the last about seven years or so, uh, I've transitioned into coaching work. Actually, I just forgot that before or during the the logo design uh, period, sort of those first three to four years, I also did high-end custom invitations. So as Josh and I were living in Amsterdam, this is before our son was born, I was um, creating just these gorgeous, I, I, I got to create these gorgeous invitations with my hands. Like I've always loved to work with my hands. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, gold coins attached to the, you know, gold paper and, and, you know, pieces of tiny little rice that were sewed in through these invitations and I could go on and on and on. And it was, everything was bespoke. It wasn't, you weren't creating like lines of invitations. Everything was unique to the event and the person. And yeah, exactly. And, and that's really one of my sweet spots is, or, or one of the, the big things I had clarity on from the very beginning is, um, again, I really enjoy being with people and I really enjoy creating one of a kind projects, one of a kind invitations, one of a kind businesses, you know, with, with someone. And so that was a really beautiful time as, you know, cut to now over the last, uh, six to seven years, I've been doing yes, still the brand coaching work, the brand strategy work, and and then also, uh, doing a lot of success coaching. So helping women again, my, my target is, um, or I should say the, the, the women or the people that I love to, to focus on is the, the female business owner sort of realm. And there we, yes, we talk about branding and, and their marketing and how to express themselves. That's a huge part of my business and my creative background, um, obviously is, you know, has played a big, big part in that as well as really helping women, um, get very clear around what is the mindset that they need to have? What is the mindset they get to have in order to create the success that they want? And I don't mean just success in business. As I share, we might be talking about uh, someone's business and everything that we're talking about in that session, everything we're talking about in that mastermind group, everything we're talking about in that workshop is going to also support you in your life. So I very much see that parallel and I very much see that connection between anything that I'm supporting a business owner or entrepreneur today to create, um, it also helping in the success of their life. So you know, that's sort of my story and I can't wait for you to share yours. That's really sort of my story around, you know, the creative background that I have and how it's really landed me in this business. Um, that is so much more, you know, hand to heart. I feel like every time I say this, it's, I've, automatically without thinking, you know, put my hand to heart because this is so much more. This life is so much more than just the daily, you know, this and that. For me, this life and this business is is a movement. It is every single day, everything that I get to do is my message. And so that is something hopefully, of course, that I'm imparting, not just to the women that I get to work with, but, um, that I continue to remind myself of every day. And that of course I bring into this family. 
Yeah. And now you have your own business, Michelle Gelati International Branding and Coaching. That's right. Um, which you started. I, you, you, an interesting thing that, that you left out, which I love about you, is that when you decided to leave advertising and start your own thing and, and initially started as the, the graphic design and, and, and event space, you basically taught yourself what you needed to know. That's you taught right. yourself how to use Quark, which was the kind of dominant uh, layout program at the time. An illustrator. An illustrator right. and Photoshop. And um, I think it goes back to something that you said right at the beginning when you started, which was we are creative individuals from when we take our first breath. And I have to be honest that that's very in- interesting to hear you say that. You know, I just learned something new about you. I didn't realize that you had that point of view about creativity. And it made me realize that um, that's not a point of view that I had for a big part of my life. Um, you obviously know my life story, but uh, when I graduated from college, um, the reason why I eventually met you in San Francisco, uh, I moved to San Francisco to go to law school. And I was a lawyer for three years and had that moment finally where I was looking at myself in the mirror every morning with my coat and tie on and thinking, who is this person? This is not what I thought my life was going to be. Um, And uh, I was playing soccer on a team in San Francisco at the time and was friends with a guy uh, who was working for an agency in town and started talking to him about his work. And it was only through that transition from going from being an attorney to reinventing my, myself at an entry level as a, an account planner, a strategic planner on the, advertising, on the advertising side, that I actually started to think of myself as somebody who could be creative. It wasn't in my self-perception up until that point, um, which is interesting. Uh, listening to you and having that self-realization just through the process of this podcast. Right. And then, you know, my, the short version so that we can get on to uh, the name and the, the philosophy behind the, the podcast itself. But uh, I then it was in strategic leadership roles at a number of different agencies and continue to do that today. So my professional life uh, kind of balances out Michelle's where um, I am a, uh, I'm in leadership roles at, or have been in leadership roles at different agencies. I'm currently the president of a, an agency right now, um, where, you know, I've, I've come at it more from the business and, uh, larger corporation side, as opposed to the entrepreneurial life that Michelle has led over the last decade or 12 years or so. 16. 16, 16 in September. Years, 16 years in September. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So I, a big part of what I find joy in, in the, the advertising and marketing world is I was a philosophy major in college and I believe that all of us, what, consciously or unconsciously, are living out our own philosophies every day. You know, from the simple things like, do I believe that other people are inherently good? Do I believe that everybody has a creative bone in their body? All the way up to more conscious versions of it where you're actually creating and trying to live up to certain values that you have in the workplace, certain values and beliefs that you have in your own personal life. And uh, I know Michelle took a lot of philosophy classes when she was in college as well. And I think that is a, a big part uh, or one of the motivations for us to be so conscious about our relationship and think think about different ways that we can, as a couple, try to evolve and, and grow better 
is because we, we are conscious of living our life according to certain values, certain beliefs, or, or actually learning about new things and, and coming into new values and new beliefs, mm-hmm. which I think probably leads us to the what's in a name part of the podcast. That sounds great. <laughs> I just want to make sure. And, and again, you'll see as, this, as we continue with this podcast how uh, the, the dance of relationship will come in. And so I'm, I'm introing that because I'm about to ask Josh, do you feel complete? Are you sure you gave yourself enough time to share what you really wanted to share around where your creative or how your creative past really brought you here. And I know you said that you didn't really connect with, Hey, I was, I'm a creative person, but if we really look at from here, moving forward as creativity, as getting to create something from nothing, you know, when I think of, and when I say nothing, I don't mean zero, but I mean creating something from scratch, you know, that, you know, Josh, uh, came from a philosophy background, went into law and decided at 30 years old, Hey, I want to be happy. Number one. And number two, I would love to be in a creative industry. So I just want to, before we go into the name, um, that, you know, that you really feel like, yes, I'm complete, you know, with that sharing. I think I am complete. I think probably the part that I left out, the, the motivation, my creative motivation has always been driven by wanting to understand why the world is the way it is. Mm. Not, not so much in a backward-looking way, but in a forward-looking way. I want, I want to learn and under, understand why the world is the way it is so that I can think about ways to apply that and use it in my own life. So that's why I found a, a great degree of, of joy and satisfaction in my professional life because I'm constantly, you know, you know me, I'm reading a nonfiction book a week about why we inter- interrelate with other people the way that we do, um, books on leadership, books on living values out consciously, um, because I believe that those are all important ways that I can tweak and evolve my professional life and increasingly our, our personal life, um, in new and different ways. And again, it's that kind of optimistic belief that things are going to change. So why not get in front of that change and change things for the better? That's beautiful. And, and that in, in, in what you just shared around optimism and being optimistic, you are the epitome of that. And to me, when I think of you and when I think of those in the world who are optimistic, that is the very one of the very sort of principles of creativity, um, and you know when you share it around sort of this this idea of birthing new ways of thinking, you know, with all of your reading, birthing sort of new ideas into the world. That's it, it's it's beautiful, and it's great to hear sort of what where that sweet spot is for you, like why you do what you do in this creative industry, and I think just to sort of bring this pull pull this all together. Um, which was, you know, something that just came as, as you were, as you were speaking is that for me, that sweet spot is relationship. When I think of creativity and my business, again, let's, let's look at it from 35,000 feet and, or 10,000 feet. Um, you know, let's be our own observer, you know, in, um, in our, in our lives. And for me, I realized as you were speaking, yeah, for me, if that's what it is for Josh, you know, this, this optimism and, and, um, and everything that you shared for me, it is about being face to face with someone and helping 
not just helping them create something that hasn't existed before, but being collaborators, you know, really feeling that sense of community, really feeling like, really feeling energetic and really feeling like we are a part of something together. You know, I'm not just in this life by myself. I get to do it with not just you by my side, which is one of the greatest gifts of my life, but I also get to do this when I think of my business, when I think of my movement in the world, it's about relationship and it's about connection. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about this before as well, is that there, there is an inherent truth to, to us as human beings is that we are social animals. Um, the, the idea of the hermit who goes off is, is rare. It's very rare. And, and there's a reason for that. It's because we are better in relationship than we are being alone. And, and that's true both in a personal relationship standpoint. It's also true professionally. Um, you know, one of the books I love to bring up is Where Good Ideas Come From by Stephen Johnson. And one of the, one of the core tenets of that book is that he blows up that idea of the, the lone inventor, the myth of the lone inventor. You know, you take something like Thomas Edison with a light bulb. He was, he was part of an evolution of thinking about electronics and electricity that had been going on for the better part of decades. Um, you look at things like Apple. You know, we think of Apple as being such an innovative co- company, but the MP3 player existed before the iPod did. And, you know, mobile telephony, telephony existed before the iPhone. What they did was they built on ideas. They built on a community that they were already a part of. And I think when we embrace that, when we take that as a positive thing and we look at all of our relationships, not just our personal relationships, not just our professional relationships, when we look at all of our relationships as potential places where great things can be created, it changes your worldview. It makes you more optimistic and it makes you look at every single relationship that you have through the lens of possibility. Gorgeous. Yeah, and and now I think we're you know we 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 do feel complete in in that we can share the well how the heck did the how goods this podcast name come to be you know again uh, I'm such a believer in 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 taking time you know in taking a breath and I I'm so happy that we were able to take that time in introducing ourselves to you before we hopped into you know what uh, what's in a name uh, but now that we're here I'm happy to be here to share with you how this all came about and it's it's honestly been something it's not just a cool creative name that we thought of it has literally that phrase how good's this has literally been something that has supported us in creating a very conscious marriage and partnership and something that has allowed us to continue to grow the mutual respect and the joy uh, and the newness you know it's really what we talked about at the beginning how do we continue as a couple to infuse this newness into our relationship one of the things that I tell uh, I've told good friends and even those who I don't know very well is that you know Josh and I have been together almost 20, 20 years yeah. we've been married 16 and I've have shared a lot that even though you know it's been that many physical years that I feel in in so many ways I feel like it's been three or four so time we'll definitely get into time in this podcast time is a is a really interesting concept because 
inside, you know, again, this man walks in the door or, you know, we go out on a date night or whatever it is, or he gets, whether he's wearing, you know, workout shorts or, you know, is getting ready for a wedding. And I look at him and he's so handsome and so just has such a beautiful soul. And I, again, I look at him and I feel like I just met him three weeks ago. So it, this will be something definitely that we'll um, unpack as well, just this whole concept of time, this whole concept of how to really continue to create a relationship that you're that excited by. So I, uh, I can't wait and we can't wait to, to go into that. So here's what happened. It was about six to nine <laughs> months into our marriage and we were in Cabo San Lucas, and Josh was playing football with my brothers Dino and Willie. On the I, beach. On the beach, yes, on the beach. And they were having a great time. I was on the beach as well. You know, uh, I look over, you know, I, I was looking over for many, you know, much of the time that they were playing. And at one point when I looked over, Josh shows me his hand, his, his wedding ring hand, basically like, and his, you know, his eyes said everything, like, Oh my gosh, you know, the ring isn't there. And long story short, we won't take you through the whole entire just comedy routine that basically <laughs> ensued from, from there on out. As which included, in, included you having me look for the ring for a couple hours in the sand and then in the, the beach itself with a mask. With a tiny children's <laughs> like snorkeling mask. Um, to try she would and, not accept the futility. No, no. And uh, so, so he looked for the ring. Obviously, we did not find the ring. Uh, long story shorter, uh, do you want to tell that part? Well, we ended up buying, you know, the, there's the guys selling silver, quote unquote, silver along the beach. So we ended up buying what was always intended to be kind of a, a makeshift replacement band uh, to replace the, the original ring. But it ended up being essentially my wedding band probably for the next two years, three years, maybe not that long. But during that time, we we moved to Amsterdam from Los Angeles. And Michelle, I think, to correct me if I'm wrong, but you were getting to a place where you would see the ring and you just wanted something more meaningful than this stopgap that we had. So you went out to uh, a local jewelry shop that was down the street from where we lived in the canals in Amsterdam. And you didn't just get me a new ring, which was a meaningful ring, the, the stainless steel band that I wear today, but you had engraved on the inside, I'm actually taking it off to, to look at it again, you had engraved on the inside, how good's this, June 2001, which was our, our month, the, the month and year that we got married. And you can fill it in, but you, you, it, was, it was kind of dual purpose. One, it was a celebration of our love and our relationship. How good's this? But it was also meant to be kind of a bar, right? Uh, setting a bar that if we weren't able to answer that with a resounding, it's pretty great, then we knew that we had work to do. Exactly. I mean, you said it perfectly. I probably don't need to say much except for... It was about infusing, infusing meaning, and it was about asking ourselves or really creating a daily reminder. And honestly, this is one of the, you know, themes that I think will come throughout the how goods this sharing and experience for us all is, you know, what are those daily reminders? What can you do 
to create something that feels really, really good. I mean, so good that it's genius, so good that it's great, you know? Um, so, so yes, yeah, so I had the idea of in, in, engraving that into the ring so that it was a daily reminder of, of us creating something consciously, you know, so mm-hmm. much, so much in life, um, you That's know, word, conscious. yes, yeah. it is. And, you know, because so much in life, uh, so often in, in life, we as humans, you know, us included with, with other parts of, let's say our lives, or we're not, you know, as fully conscious as, as in others, we, uh, tend to create unconsciously. All of a sudden we wake up two years later, five years later, 17 years later, and we go, how did we get here? Yeah. I'm in a situation I don't want to be in. Exactly. Exactly. And so how good this was meant to really ask us, as, as you just mentioned, you know, if, well, how good is it? And if we, you know, were to answer, well, it's not so good or, you know, any version of that, we could then, we would then know, okay, there's quote unquote work to do. There's some play to be had. There's some great conversations to, 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 you know, launch into. There's a podcast to create. There's a greater good party to host at our house. There is a, you know, there is Which love, we are doing, by the way. Which we are doing. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, when we decided to, you know, ask for Nolan, you know, ask for our son, you know, that was a how good is this, you know, just continuing to really be aware and conscious of what you're creating. So the or, you know, that is the origin story, just really, you know, being in a constant search for um, the daily experience Mm -hmm. that you want. This is not just about, oh, in my marriage as a whole, I want to experience that. That's great. That's a great question to ask to really co- sort of, again, take it, um, you know, go 35,000 feet, be that observer, you know, look at it from way up high. But what are the the daily, be in the constant search, literally run after the answers where you can create in your relationships and or in your creative business or in your any business, whether you think it's creative or not. Again, I will say, though, I truly believe that every single one of us is creative. So every single one of you listening to this, you are a creator, meaning you are the creator of your own experience. You are the, the creator of your life. You are, you know, the the idea or the, the truth around creativity is that it's not just here to, you know, help us. Uh, survive, literally like not be eaten by the lion or being, you know, <laughs> eaten by something else. But it's it's here to help us thrive. And so any of you who feel like you're thriving in one part of your life or another, you are using your creativity. You are being the creator of your own life. You are consciously looking at something day in and day out, hour by hour, asking yourself, how can I make this better? Yeah. And I think What's embedded in what you're just saying is that those are all action words. You know, you are creating, you are thinking, you are thriving, you are, it's, it's a process. It's not, when we say how good's this, it's not meant to be a land that you hop into a boat and you arrive at and then you go, okay, good, I'm here now. How good's this? The job is done. It, it, it's really more about, it's a worldview. It's a way to think about your life. It's a way to think about your relationships and, you know, when I said bar before, that it's a bar that that is raised, that, that sounds like a challenge in some ways. I think that's how, you know, the idea is commonly used. But I look at it more as I have a belief that our relationship, our role as parents, our 
interactions with one another in the world can always change and evolve for the better. And if once I believe that, then the responsibility is on me to figure out, okay, how do I do that? How do I take that step? Or, or how do I join with you to take that step together? Yeah, and you just mentioned two beautiful, you know, really uh, poignant parts of this. One is that once we become aware, uh, or excuse me, yes, once we become aware, we're accountable. It's one of my favorite, favorite truths of the of the in the world, and uh, and something that we just got clear on for ourselves recently, like I would say in the last year, is how how good's this? Meaning, we've answered that question with kind of with sort of another question, which is. How can we come together in a new way right now in this world and pump more love, pump more light into it? Meaning, how can we use our love for good? How can we as a couple and how can other couples and other couples and more and more and more couples who have this mutual respect, meaning who have, you know, the ability to create joy within their family, you know, within their sort of like structure every single day, how can we all band together to create something good in the world? And so, you know, the, I, I share that now because it's it's a great example to, to show that, you know, you may not have these, what you'd call big ideas or medium-sized ideas. Again, don't judge the size of anything ever, I feel like, you know, just be right. in action around what makes you happy. But you and I, here we are 20 years in, 16 years of marriage, and we just recently answered that question with, oh, wow, we can use our love for good. Meaning, not that we haven't been doing that, but let's do it in a really new consciously. way. Consciously. Right. Let's, More consciously. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So... One of the other things we promised was creative hack. So we wanted to share something that we've discovered in our communication with, with you that we think can be helpful in terms of your own relationships, both personally and professionally. And then we're going to close with an eye towards what you can expect from future episodes of the How Goods This podcast. And the hack that we're going to talk about today, we, we're loosely calling creative communication. And if you're similar to us, you have probably realized in your relationship with your partner that the overwhelming number of ways that we can interact and communicate with one another, sometimes it is exactly that. It's overwhelming. So for instance, you know, there's phones to talk, there's text, there's WhatsApp, there's email, there's Facebook, there's Facebook Messenger, there's Snapchat if you're into that, there's video messages, Michelle loves voice memos. And it was all, again, a little bit overwhelming to us where sometimes I was chasing Michelle down to say like, well, wait, you say that you shared that with me, but was that in an email or did you text it? I can't find the thing that you said that you sent to me. And we, I think we kind of stumbled on this, was, was the recognition that, you know, we can't whittle down the tools. That's probably not um, something that is sustainable just because it's all there at our fingertips. But once we realized that the tools were probably better suited to uh, different types of communication, we started to get a handle on everything. And let me give you an example of what, what we mean. Um, if you use Facebook at all, you've probably noticed that Facebook is starting to lift up uh, on this day, you know, five years ago and showing you a picture. Um, or increasingly, uh, it's giving you news stories or links to interesting things. And Michelle and I realized pretty quickly that what Facebook and, and Facebook Messenger by default are for us is it's an emotional way of communicating. 
It's a way to share photos. It's a way to share stories that we're interested in. Contrary to something like uh, email, where you need to sit down and actually craft an email. You need to write. You need to figure about figure out what you're going to communicate. And so email for us is more of a rational and kind of information sharing thing. Hey, Josh, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Here are the bullet points. Or I need you to print this thing because my printer's out of ink. Um, and then for Michelle, voice memos have become a great way for her to feel like she's touching me with a message. So it's not a text, it's not a voicemail, or, or sorry, it's not a text, it's not a, an email, it's not a Facebook thing. It's her talking directly to me and using the voice memo uh, capability of, of text to, to reach out. So that's, that's really our creative hack. What we found is that it, it's probably not uh, an effective way to try to feel like you can whittle down all these different ways that we can touch each other. But if you get very conscious of the tools and how you use them, then your partner will know almost by default, oh, Michelle sent me an email. I know that that's going to have things that she needs me to sit with for a little while. Oh, Michelle sent me something on Messenger. I know that that's going to be something emotional and potentially romantic that we share with each other. Oh, Michelle sent me a voice memo. That's her really trying to reach out and touch me. I'm going to listen to that voice memo when I have a minute to myself. Yeah. And creating, you know, the space or the conversation. I know I've done this with friends as well. So this definitely has worked in our relationship, in our romantic relationship and in our partnership, you know, meaning kind of creating this family and, and growing this family, growing um, with our son. Um, and, and it also can really support you with friends. I have too many of my friends said, hey, by the way, I'm going to start using voice memos with you for X. You know, if I email you, it means B, you know, you can, you know, um, you can, well, and then if, if I, you know, Facebook you, you know, it's, it's nothing urgent, you know, you can take your time with that. So I've really started to, because I did, as Josh shared, I definitely started to feel this overwhelm of, wow, there's this barrage of just stuff coming at me. And so even though I, of course, we can't maybe control how others are communicating with us, we can absolutely, again, if we're being conscious, if we're being, you know, if we're taking a moment to think about how we want to use each of these platforms and we start to share that with our friends, we start to share that with our loved ones, you know, maybe there will be that inspiration where somebody goes, hey, that actually feels really good. It feels more organized or it feels less, again, like I'm being attacked by all of these different ways and messages that I'm getting every single day, but where, again, it feels like neat sort of little folders for everything. Right. The other thing that we really wanted to share sort of under the umbrella, uh, under the sun or the moon of creative communication that uh, is really exciting to us is something that we started about eight or nine years ago in our relationship as far as gifts are concerned. Now, for both of us, uh, you know, communication, the communication within our family and within each other is really very important. And so, yeah, about seven, eight years ago, we um, had still been buying each other gifts, you know, for, let's say, for Christmas or for Hanukkah or for Mother's Day or Father's Day. It might have been I don't know how many years. Maybe it's been longer, 10 years. I honestly don't know. It's about that, yeah. About that. And uh, one day, one of us, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been me. It was you. It was me. I'll give you credit for this one. All right, cool. <laughs> 
And I said to Josh, hey, listen, what do you think about when, you know, when we have a special you know, day, a special something uh, coming up, what do you think about instead of using money to buy something, to get something that we then wrap up and give to one another, why don't we write something to each other? Or create something. Or create yeah. something, exactly. Yeah. But just with our hands, with our heart, with a pen, with paint, with whatever it is, just creating something special. And that part of this idea of communication has literally changed, like has has a has me, both of us as hopeless romantics, just you know, sort of chomping at the bit to like get to Mother's Day or to get to Father's Day or to get to Hanukkah or Christmas because there is this special thing coming. And for us, the simplest special thing is the most special thing, right? And so it is, you know, a poem or it is, we started Mama, well, once Nolan came into the picture, uh, we started Mama and Papa books, which basically uh, for each sort of Mother's Day or Father's Day or birthday for each of the parents, each of us, Nolan and the other parent go into that book and create something. Again, right. is it a drawing? <laughs> is it poetry? Is it a letter? Could just be a heartfelt letter. Yeah. Nolan does drawings. If you buy a card, then you tape the card inside the book. So it, be- <clears throat> excuse me, it becomes a record of of that day. But I think overall, yeah, it's that... Look, looking at uh, special events as an opportunity to create something for the other person, again, is evidence of this belief that you, you can make new things, you can take things in a positive direction. Yes, and, and continue to communicate them, uh, communicate with them in a creative way, you know, to really look at those opportunities of gift giving as ways to continue to communicate with your partner, as a way to continue to communicate with your friends, as a way to to continue to communicate with your children in a way that um, really with something tangible that three weeks, they're having a bad day, 10 years from now, you know, 50 years from now when you're maybe not around, you know, uh, that that person can look through there we have um, boxes we keep next to our beds, and they're these beautiful, huge boxes now because we've been keeping these letters and poems and all these different things that are not in the Mama and Papa book in these in these boxes. Um, and so that yeah, years from now, you know, somebody could look in in their shoebox or in this hat box or wherever you end up keeping it. You know, beautiful leather, you know, sort of mini little suitcase or or however creative you want to get with it. And you know that person can look in there and read and just feel, literally feel your history, feel your con- your sort of daily conversations, see sort of the stages that you've gone through, mm-hmm. you know, experience the joy all over again, experience some of the pain even, you know, that um, has contributed to the joy. Experience some of the not so great poetry before it got better. Listen, you've always. <laughs> You've always been so great with the poetry. I've I've enjoyed it so much. So so let's let's move into sharing with you all, and this will be sort of our closing for today. Um, is is really the sharing around future episodes, um, and of course, as with any good thing, as with any creative idea, you know, Josh and I are open to the magic, meaning we are totally open for this podcast to show us what it needs to be. So as much as we have an idea 
and a structure for what we want to share with you and you know for for what we really want the, want this to mean and how we want to be on purpose with it we are so excited for sort of really something amazing to happen and like to find out what it is as we keep opening the doors. So right. here's some ideas. And again, I'm sure there will be sort of new life breathed, you know, into, um, into each episode yep. uh, within these ideas. Yeah. So in terms of thing, things that you can expect from future episodes, one of the themes we've got is an idea called Stories Untold. And again, getting back to that idea of being open and communicative, when you've been in a relationship with somebody for a very long time, there, there's this sense that you know, you know everything about the other person. You know their stories, you know kind of what where they come from and how they think. But the reality is, is that there are stories that this person has not shared with you. I, I can think of a number of stories, and I have been thinking about it because it's going to be a podcast episode. Of, of stories that I have not told Michelle. So you're going to get to hear that firsthand. We're Real e- time. We're each going to show up with a story of, uh, from our lives that we haven't told the other one. We'll see how, uh, how provocative or potentially racy we get in terms of what we share. But that's going to be a fun thing because I'm going to sit here and hear something from Michelle that I've never heard before and vice versa. And that's the beautiful thing is that for a couple who does chat a lot and we love to tell each other stories and we've told each other a ton over the last many years, how cool is that? And you know, how cool is this realization that when just when you think you know something, you don't. And that is the very sort of, you know, the uh, the opportunity in, in creativity and in love and in, you know, continuing to nurture something amazing is that we don't know everything and there's still so much to learn and so much therefore to enjoy from that learning and enjoy from that person. So I can't wait to, to tell you some of my stories. The next one is why one travels. So Josh and I over the last 20 years have lived, well, there was a point about five or six years ago when I would tell potential clients or, or do sort of trainings and at the beginning say, you know, over the last 11 years, I've lived in seven different homes or essentially like seven different places and a couple different uh, countries. Um, so so this one will definitely come, of course, from, from personal experience, but it also will be very much sort of based in, there's, there's a lot of research that, you know, that we've um, that we've touched on, uh, or I should say that we've read about how, you know, the, the more that we can, the, the more that we travel near or far, and this is also very much, you know, speaking around traveling, sort of traveling to new places emotionally, traveling to new places spiritually. So this isn't just about travel. Physical travel, yeah. Right. This is really about allowing yourself the space to not know and to find out new things and to read new books and to read this new research. So it's all that episode is really going to be about, um, you know, how we can travel physically, emotionally, spiritually, and how to bring back the sort of unexpected to the everyday to enjoy that everyday more. And we'll share some interesting research with you that, that points to the fact that not, not only does travel make you more creative, which we found very interesting, but we just saw something that tra- travel actually makes you uh, less racist, which is a very uh, unique way to think about it. I love that one. Yep. And I, then, love, I love this third one here. Um, yeah. They, listen to this title. It's heavy. Dear Santa, from the tooth fairy to death and divorce. 
Uh, that's a fun title. And really what that one is about is having the strength and the courage and, and also the, the foresight, the consciousness to have the difficult conversations that you need to have with people. You know, obviously with Dear Santa, we've kind of framed that up in, in terms of uh, the conversations that we know that we're going to have to have with Nolan, our son, through, throughout his life. Um, but it's not just about kids. It's also about the, the conversations you need to have with your spouse or partner, the conversations you need to have with people. And, and it's, it, again, it's about recognizing that that's part of what being a responsible, social, connected person in the world is is having the the strength of character to have the conversations that need to be had. Bravery feels really good. Yeah. You know, being courageous feels good and and there is so much space to explore that. You know, there is still such a stigma. There is still such this feeling that it is not kosher, it is not safe. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is, that it's not safe to talk about death, to talk about suicide, to talk about divorce, even with our good friends, you know? And so we create this, this society, we create a community, we create a world, we create, you know, even relationships under our own roof where things are off limits. And whenever we, we, you know, whether it's, it's outright, you know, outwardly spoken or not, Whenever we create these boundaries of this is off the table, you know, we cannot talk about this or we can only talk about this to this, you know, to this degree. And again, totally, I have so much respect for, you know, the comfort that someone has to speak about something. I'm not saying force someone to talk about something they don't want to talk about. But what Josh and I really want to bring up for conversation and as an invitation, you know, just to explore is, you know, how can we as a couple? How can we as pe- as a people, how can we in this world where we do want to feel more connection, where we do want to feel like, hey, I'm being human to you. I'm just a human, you know, and you're just a human and let's share our pains. They might not be exactly the same pains, but they are going to connect us. And I may flail or I may not know exactly what to say, but my intention is to open the door and have you understand how much I want to better understand you, how much I want to better understand what you've been through, how much I want to better understand this, this topic, you know, that has felt so heavy for so many years, for so many generations, allowing us to, you know, bring light, allowing us to shine the light on topics that might feel heavy so that one day very, very soon they might actually feel light. Mm, love that. So with that, everyone, we are so very happy that you have joined us for the How Goods This podcast. We cannot wait to have you join us again. We hope that you get out there and share your insights um, with those that you love and with those that you have yet to be friends with. And we hope that the creative hacks today and the creative conversation today have um, lit you up a little bit. Yeah. And we encourage you to get in action. So after listening to this podcast, uh, choose a topic and sit down in your own life and think, how good's this? And listen to your heart and listen to the answer. It can always be better and think about ways you can make it better. That's really what this is all about. Thank you everyone for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
That's today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Feel free to share. And if you could take two minutes and leave us a rating on iTunes, it would mean so much to us. We hope you've been moved to find your own answers to the question, how good's this?